Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I am Michael. And we all just figured out how the iPhone works. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Doing a little pre-podcast exploration. <laughs> yeah, we were very puzzled as to like how information is shared, like when you message people and then we figured out that it doesn't send creepy information across. So that's good. Positive. Good work, Apple. We're proud of yep. you. Safe. <laughs> nice and safe. Although so. I don't know why I had to Google search it to figure it out, but we're, we're safe. We're safe. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Dear Google, oh goodness. am I safe using an iPhone? <laughs> no. No one's ever safe ever. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting an Apple Watch um, so I can play Pokemon Go on it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. Uh, oh. I wanted, no. <laughs> They got rid of that, remember? <laughs> that wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that's why you got an Apple Watch, but. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, so I wanted to, I mean, uh, it sounds stupid, but I, I got th- this iPhone as a trial, right? And cause you know, I'm an, I'm an Android user and, um, on Android, when you cycle, it, it can just track that automatically. Like in their fitness app, you don't need another, you don't need another app or, or Strava or something like that. And I'm on this kind of security kick, which is good for, for iPhone. But mm-hmm. um, um, for the health application inside of inside of your iPhone, that you can't track your your step. You can track your steps, but you can, and flights climbed and things, but you can't track your cycling distance. You need to install Strava or something else to mm-hmm. combine that information. And I did a, a Twitter uh, poll of of well, am I right or am I wrong or is this correct? And people said, no, you need you need a, to install an app. And I said, I want to give. Strava my data. I don't need friends to see where I'm riding. I don't even mm-hmm. care where I'm riding. I just want the distance. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I just want, I went yeah. two miles. Personal use, yes. And uh, then then our good friend Luke Carey said, just buy an, an Apple Watch and then mm-hmm. that, that will do it for you. So I'm, I'm going to get one only for fitness. I'm not going to wear it except for when I ride or run. Um, but I, I bought the older, cheaper one. So I'm mm-hmm. pretty happy about mm-hmm. that. So yeah. It's That's funny cool. we moved on to this subject because both me and Michael got new Fitbits over the last week, Ooh. two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been loving the one I have. We have different ones, but I love the one I have. It's like the Inspire HR, I think is what it's called. And it just does the basics, like tracks your workouts, tracks your walks, tracks your steps, just all the fitness stuff. And then in the app, you can track like your calories and stuff like that, which is mm. kind of cool. So it kind of does basically just the fitness stuff as opposed to the Apple Watch does a lot of extra things. So I yeah, I didn't need that. But yeah, it's pretty cool. The, I'm liking the, it a does lot. The, does the Fitbit do cycling? I know I need to look this up. Yep. Yeah, it yep. does. Oh, why it didn't does. I get this? Why did I just give Apple more money? <laughs> you got to wait until the podcast <laughs> so you can talk oh. to us about it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And, and they actually and, had a sale. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, they, I think even their like uh, their lower level ones do extra some basic stuff: swimming, stuff. biking, running. Um, they track all of that. They'll t- track hiking, and it's so I'm in the same boat where I like having just the basics. I I do wear mine as a watch. I wear it as a daily thing, but mm. I like I didn't want to commit to having uh, an Apple Watch for a couple of reasons. I already upgrade my phone every couple of years and I don't want to get into another locked sort of upgrading tech every year, every other year when the new thing comes out. Whereas Fitbit, I feel like it's more because it's so basic in what it's doing. I had my last one for many years before it sort of 
wore itself out as opposed to me kind of getting done with it. And the new one I got is waterproof and tracks my GPS and my heart rate and all the things that I like about the Apple Watch, except much less price. And I I don't I don't want to get locked into that sort of reoccurring purchase. So that's what pushed me towards that direction. I think that the Apple Watch is awesome. It's just it's just too much for what I want out of it. Yeah, it's similar for me, too, because I just needed a fitness tracker. I didn't need to have something that would give me notifications like an email. Like I, I get that enough with my phone yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying I need to, to like, be less connected, my phone less. Connected. Yeah, exactly. So that was why I ended up going towards Fitbit. But it'll be mm. interesting to see once you get your Apple Watch, your opinions on, you know, how things work. But yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be fascinated. I, I need to I'm com- trying to compare and 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 contrast here on their website there's there's mm-hmm. you know there's so they have so many yeah. i mean that, that that was sort of the nice thing about the apple watch it was like do you want the the older one or do you want the newer one and, and yeah here here's the one difference or whatever like, okay, i'll take the i took the older one so it was only 180 dollars uh, which, mm-hmm. which isn't bad and then yeah you know, we're i'm pretty lucky that um microsoft has like a fitness program so cool i didn't they just reimbursed me so Nice. Kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah. very cool. Well, this isn't just Nintendo Dispatch this week. It's Fitness Dispatch. (laughs) That's right. And, you know, we might be running and cycling, but, Christina, people might be having to do some fitness for their fingers soon. Is that a segue? I think that's a segue. So, yes, I guess people will be getting a workout with their fingers soon (laughs) with the newest Lego uh, Nintendo collaboration. So they're coming out with a Nintendo... Uh, Nintendo Entertainment System plus Super Mario Brothers kit. Uh, it's completely authentic reproductions of the original console, controller, and gamepad cartridge, plus a retro-styled 1980s television. Um, you can actually insert the Lego cartridge into the Lego console. It has a full-size controller that actually plugs into that console as well. Um, you can turn a handle on the Lego TV, and you can move like a little 8-bit Mario across the screen. <laughs> And then on top of that, if you got the Lego Super Mario starter course with the little interactive Mario that makes sounds, you can plug him into the top of the TV and he'll react to things on the screen like the enemies, obstacles and power ups. It's just there's a lot going on with this kit. It's 2,646 pieces and it's about 230 US dollars and it's coming August 1st. What did you guys think of this? This was the coolest Lego set that I have ever seen. <laughs> and and not in recent years have I seriously considered getting Legos, but this one I'm seriously considering getting. I think it is so cool. It's a little hefty in the price, yeah. um, but this would look amazing on a shelf once it's all built. I would almost build mm-hmm. it <clears throat> and try to like build it in a way where it cannot become come back apart because it's just going to be a collector's piece yeah it's so cool i i love every single thing about this i think that it's fascinating to me that the background can move i'm i'm really interested Mm -hmm. in seeing how that all works because i mean it's lego so it must be built on some sort of like broken um you know the platform must have like little slats or something so that the wheels can move around in the back. I, I don't really understand how that all well, goes I don't together. Think, I don't think the background moves. I think it's just the Mario moves. No, the no, background moves. The background moves. 
And the Mario moves. And the Mario moves. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like cool. if you, the background. How does it even work? Yeah. That's what you, I'm saying. If you go yeah. to the website, if you go to the website and you scroll down a little bit under features, you'll see enjoy an original and bring back memories. And you'll see the the internal crank that it's on. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I believe Michael might be right. It might be sort of slotted in a, in a special way. I've never seen. I've never seen in my life a Lego set like this. I mean, exactly. as a child, I was a Lego kid, right? I had Legos everywhere. It's what I spent all of my my money on, you know, my chore money on. Mm-hmm. And I was, and and you know, back then they were like primitive, but but really cool. I was like, oh, I had this auto un- underwater set, you know, it was like really cool. And but I've never seen something that you there's so there's so much to it, right? Like you can plug the controller into the nes you can put a game cartridge into it you can move something on like dials are moving you know there's Mm -hmm. there's there's so much motion and flexing to it and and um and then i think when they they put the mario on the top of it from the other lego set it just like blew my mind i was like wow this doesn't make any sense like how 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 does any of this work i mean i think it's a little (laughs) big it's like a little big to me Personally, I mean, it's an actual size <laughs> NES, it looks like. It yeah, looks like it's a yeah. one-to-one yeah. scale. It's Full size, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm going to buy it. I've got a spot on my shelf waiting for this bad boy. It looks so cool. You know what? I guess a better way to explain it to people, Mots, with the background is if they've ever gone to a Home Depot or like Lowe's and bought those tiles that come on a sheet. That's kind of uh, got like the mesh behind it. Mm-hmm. That's what the background looks like. It is so oh, you're building the 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 um like the background on this sort of mesh, and that's where mm-hmm. it gives it the bending points. Yep. And it, even the inter- internals of the TV are being built. You're not just building a box. You're literally mm-hmm. building a television. They have a top down view where you see like circuits and little like tubes and stuff that go in the tv that's so i can only imagine like building the nes is probably so cool there's probably like a motherboard in there all kinds of like little <laughs> things that are going on i mean the fact you can put the cartridge in it is fascinating to and me and press it down and press yeah. it down. and so there's got to be some sort of spring mechanisms working in there like <laughs> amazing i wonder if you have to blow the cartridge first before you can turn the crank to make it actually work that they, would make they, a lot a more real sense authentic experience they showed yeah. that in the video they showed that in the video oh, nice, too nice. someone blowing on it which is nice. which makes it worse by the way which yeah, is funny. Yeah. i would have to do that put it in push it down and then jam another game in there for it to be truly authentic <laughs> that, because that was the only way. way my nes worked <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this is amazing. It's absolutely beautiful in every way. I want this. Uh, and uh, it, it is a little expensive, but I, I think this is so cool. Yeah. I would say, yeah, it's definitely worth the money, especially if you're a collector, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm. I'll yeah. probably buy two. You know me. So yeah. <laughs> now, we've talked about the Japanese Pokemon Center before with their shirts and all the fun stuff they have there. If you are currently looking for a mask due to COVID-19, this may be the time to go to the Pokemon Center and buy something. If you buy something worth 10,000 yen or 95 US dollars, you will be getting a random gifted Pokemon face mask that you can wear around. These are very, very cool. The masks feature nine different designs featuring Pikachu, Gengar, Mewtwo, Snorlax, Eevee, Ditto, Psyduck, Slowpoke, or Jigglypuff. I would love some Gengar all up on my face. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> yeah, that's gross. Uh, anyway, but I would love some of these masks. I really, really wish that they were selling them individual because it is part of this. You have to spend 95 bucks in order to get one of them. And the promotion only lasts until they're all claimed. So you may be buying something and you know, you'll get... I don't know who would be the worst on this list, but maybe Ditto would probably be my least favorite if I had to get one. Um, but you're going to get whatever they send you. Very, very cool. Wish they would just make these for us to purchase. Yeah. Same. The, and the, 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 it's, it's a collaboration with that same company, Original Stitch, mm-hmm. that makes the Pokemon shirts. So it's those same styles, which is really, really cool. Uh, in general, I am looking at their website and I'm, I'm curious. I'm wondering if they're going to, like do like maybe this is a like, test run. Yeah, maybe they'll make yeah. more because, you know, I mm-hmm. bought the Disney was doing uh, Disney face masks for Star Wars and I ordered them three months ago and they were like, they're like, you'll get these in 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 July. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So so they do take a long time, I think, to produce like high quality things i mean it's why you know we didn't see face masks in like targets and stuff for a long time in the states at least but you know um it would be cool like i would you know people are not gonna just randomly stop needing face masks you know um you know after covid like if 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 we change our if we change our hmm, i don't know whatever the word is but if we change how we act like Mm -hmm. here like when you're sick you would wear a face mask and I would like to have a Pokemon face mask. Like sure. I can't wait to have yeah. baby Yoda on my face, you know? Sure. And, and, and <laughs> so it'd be good to, to, to be able to buy these. Like let's, let's not, let's not, let's make face masks. So like people want to wear them when, you know, they're not feeling well, like later on in 2025 after COVID, you know what I mean? So like, just like consideration for others. Yeah. You put a mask on when you don't feel well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. come on, Nintendo, let me give you my money. I just want to hand it over to you. Just here it is. In fact, why don't you make 151 different styles of masks? Because, you there know, you I'm just saying, got to collect, collect them all. Collect them why all. doesn't yeah. why doesn't the T-shirt company allow you to make a custom face mask? They allow you to customize your shirts. They should add this face mask to their whole program yeah like a left side and a right side or an inside and an outside oh my god yeah so you could like reverse it if you wash it all that kind of stuff you reverse it once it evolves oh oh snap from charmander to charizard (laughs) on the outside you know you know know, (laughs) some people decorate their walls with art i just want a wall of 151 different face masks yeah what face mask am i wearing today it'd be beautiful it'd be a beautiful wall you know their designs are really cool yeah yeah that'll be like the whole new section in your closet (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we open our closet. Exactly what I was just saying. You open up your closet, you're going to have like your, your, you know, your shirts and your pants and all of your stuff. And, and over here is face masks that I can choose from today. What complements my outfit? Well, what face yeah. mask should I wear? Yeah, I like I it. Like yeah. it. Let's do it. I'm into it. Uh, all right. And other stuff that uh, we all want to buy. I mean, at least I want to. I, I don't know about all of you, but there was one late breaking sneaky thing of we're kind of really celebrating, you know, Mario's 35th anniversary, even though Nintendo really hasn't really acknowledged it, to be honest with you. Uh, but everybody else is because everyone's else like we like money. Um, so Hasbro, a little company behind most of the, the board games that we grew up with and enjoy playing, such as Monopoly, are going all in yet again uh, on new Mario, Super Mario games um, based on Monopoly and Django. Now, there already is a bunch of different Monopoly Mario games, 
However, this is a new version, the Super Mario Celebration version, which spans all 35 years. This one's pretty cool. It has uh, a, like a, a, a bunch of different things in it, like that has all the different sort of silver pieces, but there's coin pieces. There's a big block, a question block with sound effects um, that helps like players change their luck. So there's like an electronic version of it. Um, a lot of the um, are all all the buying and selling, you know, houses or hotels are all famous Mario locations, like I said, all the way from 1985 to present day, which I think is really cool. And that puppy is going to retail for thirty dollars. Uh, it's available uh, now for pre-order on Amazon, uh, but available on August 1st, which is the same day at the uh, Lego stuff launches. Uh, but more exciting because no one really wants to play Monopoly. More exciting, though, is <laughs> Super Mario Jenga. Now, this isn't your just normal Jenga Jenga. This uh, this Jenga is crazy. It has a bunch of different uh, pieces like Toad and Luigi and Mario and Princess Peach that are moving up the the Jenga part. Like you have to move your character up on it. But then there's a Bowser. It's like there's a, like it's like almost like it's in his castle. It says um it says you can spin the spinner to find out the next move. So there's literally a spinner. Okay. It's, it's, so this is a Jenga game, right? It's not just Jenga, which is cool. There's like cards and stuff. It says spin the spinner to find out the next move. How many layers to climb? How many blocks to remove and stack? Whether to collect coins or whether the game will reverse directions. It's a battle to the top as players move their own pegs up and their opponent's pegs down all while trying not to make the tower crash. So it's like a hybrid hmm. crazy Jenga. I totally want this. 20 bucks, August 1st, totally getting it. Looks spectacular. Yeah, I like Jenga that. Jenga looks like an awesome family game. That, mm-hmm. that would be fun. Yeah. I would pl- I would get Monopoly, but it's Monopoly, right? That's mm. the problem with Monopoly yeah. is that it's Monopoly. See, the, I... I think the real like I I don't have a problem with Monopoly. The problem is finding other people that are willing to play Monopoly with you for <laughs> yeah, that's seventeen true. hours. Yeah. Straight. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I you know, do because like that's Monopoly. really what it takes. Yeah, yeah. and you can't mm-hmm. play Monopoly with two people, and you can't play Monopoly with two people and the computer because that's also not fun. Like you do need legitimately four people, and who has three mm-hmm. other friends? Not me. <laughs> and who has the eight hours to get through the whole game? Valid. Valid. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least with Jenga, you can get one other person. You could socially distance with the with the Jenga. You could socially distance with all these games, actually. J- Monopoly, just everyone would socially distance away from the game yeah. automatically. Yeah. Right? You all have to be on, like, <laughs> rolly chairs. So the game uh, table's uh. in the middle, and everybody has to, like, roll back when their turn's over. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Keep rolling in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going to get this Jenga, though. I'm I think it's cool. The yeah, Jenga yeah, looks very cool, cool. yeah. I like, that the, I like that everything is evolving, you know, mm-hmm. like... If we look at the Lego, like imagine if they did Lego Nintendo thir- 20 years ago, right? Oh, like, my goodness. Mm-hmm. It, it, at the yeah. time, it'd be like, oh, my gosh. But then now you're just like, this thing is bananas, right? And it like integrates with other stuff. And then if they did Jenga, you know, which they did before, it would just be like, here's a Jenga that's, you know, like. It's red. got stickers on it that just. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing special. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I think that. You know, this it's amazing exactly like you said. If or imagine if you could bring the Nintendo and the Jenga's from now back, you know, 20 years, be like, look, this is where Lego's gonna go. People would be like, what? This is a real TV. This isn't a Lego. This is a real thing. I think it is so cool to see how it's evolving and, and growing. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. 
One could say that they are leveled up versions of the originals. Oh my gosh. Hey, oh. I also want to mention, too, that I did see uh, this last week. There were a lot of rumors going around that because this is going to be the 35th anniversary of Mario and all that stuff, that the when they do end up doing the direct, it's going to be focusing on a lot of 35th anniversary products. So I wouldn't I mean, be surprised if whenever that happens, it was supposed to happen tomorrow. That was the rumored date or they said around the 20th. So it could happen this week. Nice. Whenever it does happen, it's probably, this is probably when they're one of the things they're going to mention. It, it wouldn't surprise me if they did, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. But I guess that does it for all the news this week. It was kind of a really slim, slim, slim week for, news topics so we thought it would be a cool idea we may have new listeners and they may not really know who we are and a couple weeks ago Mats, you mentioned that you did an interview for i think you said it was some a kid in third grade yes my boss's uh third grader uh before school ended had a i don't know i don't know what it it was an assignment obviously but it was an assignment I, i think it was just like do an interview of something you're interested, like they had to craft the questions and they had to put together a thing. So they asked me to fill out a questionnaire, like kind of an interview esque mm-hmm. of uh, different Nintendo questions, which I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we figured it would be kind of a cool idea for us to take those questions today and answer them for, for all of our listeners. So I'm going to start off with the first question. Um, what Nintendo consoles or games do you think are the worst? I love this question. It starts right away. What is <laughs> yeah. terrible? Yes. Mm. What's the worst? <laughs> so which gonna... order would you like to go in, Christina, since you're the, sort of the moderator of this section? Yeah. So if you guys want to answer, maybe because I haven't been in, ingrained in Nintendo as long as both of you have. So if I have something to add at the end, I'll add it in. But I'll be kind of okay. running the questions. So, so Michael so and I, we can rotate. Ahead. We can yeah. rotate yeah. and then and then. OK, so, OK, Michael, you can go first. OK, I am going to start off with a bit of a controversial answer, I believe. But going through all of these, I kind of put together, you know, some of my favorite games, some of my least favorite games, all of that kind of stuff. My f- least favorite Nintendo console. Any guess, Mots? Can you guess what my least favorite is? Oh, man, that's. I, I have to imagine. I think I'm going to guess too. Yeah, you guess first, Christina. I was going to guess the Wii. Oh, that is my least favorite wow. console is the Boo. Wii. And that's why I say it's extremely Boo. controversial oh, really? because I know a lot of people Boo. love the Wii. And it's I would say system. it's followed by a close Wii U, obviously. But the <laughs> hand, the motion of that one, it felt so gimmicky to me. I hated the controllers. Mm-hmm. I hated a lot about the Wii. Uh, it had great games, but the Wii was just not for me. I did not like that console. And it actually turned me off a Nintendo for quite a while. Um, so, yeah, that's my least <laughs> favorite console for Nintendo. Okay. Did you did you have a game or no? I didn't have a game. Okay. I, there's there's not a lot that stands out for like there's games that I just don't like, but I wouldn't say mm-hmm. they are the worst. Yeah. Um, just, I just didn't have one. Yeah, so here, here I, I wrote all these answers since the answers. I, I'll, I will just verbatim do my answer, which is great. I said, I said, mm-hmm. in my opinion, there are absolutely no terrible consoles from Nintendo! Exclamation point. I said, all right, the Virtual Boy may have had its issues, mm-hmm. but what I like about Nintendo is that they try new things, and if they don't work, they pivot. And then Nintendo 3DS is a great example of this, where the first design was mm-hmm. rough. They got feedback, made improvements, and had a killer game list. 
And I said, as far as games, I don't know if I remember a time where I booted up a game and I was like, this is terrible and it's not fun to play. Mm -hmm. I'm often let down by the difficulty, a little bit easy, of Kirby games. But in general, still a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Like when that's I what I'm up, saying, first yeah. party, par, first par, uh, party Nintendo games, they may not be for us. They mm-hmm. may not be like what we want, mm-hmm. or like you said, that Kirby game we both didn't like. That recent one that we were playing the demo mm-hmm. for, but that's not saying it's a terrible game necessarily. It's not like they Nintendo put out total trash. So that's why I was just like, I, I, it's for somebody, but a lot of these weren't just for me. Yeah, true, 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 true. Christina, you got anything? Well, of the experience I've had with game consoles, of the of all the consoles I've, you know, been able to play with, the Wii was my least favorite, just because I just found it to be annoying. Mm. But that's yeah, me. It's, and it's <laughs> odd because that's a lot of people love, 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 love the Wii. Well, I yeah, remember I when it, it came out, the biggest thing was the fitness stuff you could do and the yoga yeah. and all that stuff, and I was like, that's cool, but. I mean, not for me. Sure. <laughs> and I remember I, I went to a friend's house and we played something on the Wii for like 10 minutes. I was like, all right, this is cool. I'm, I'm over it. Because it seemed like Moving the only on. games yeah. you could play were like bowling or or whatever, like not actual like real games. It was just well, like, get up and move. And I don't want I, to. <laughs> I will say the most fun I ever had using the Wii was when we were at your house, Mots, and we were playing Boom Blocks for like, eight hours Mm -hmm. and then i do remember the next day my arm and shoulder hurting a lot because we kept throwing that damn ball (laughs) Um, but that was the most fun we experience i had was playing boom blocks at matz's house in arizona so let's move on to the next question says for how long have you been into nintendo Mm. i guess i guess i have to start um this one i said um, I said, I don't remember the exact year. I said, it must have been the early 90s when I got a NES, a Nintendo Entertainment System. I said, I remember playing The Legend of Zelda for hours upon hours in our basement. We had a big three, two-story house with a basement, and I was sequestered down into the basement with my video games. Um, I said, since then, I was hooked on everything that Nintendo made, and I've owned every console since. Hmm. I don't remember uh, the exact year. It's kind of hard. I do remember NES was my first console, though, which is which is pretty early. So. And did you have the original mm-hmm. like NES, the square cube version? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they came out with those other like versions of it, which I did have one of those as well. But yeah, mine was also an NES. I don't know the year, but it was packaged with and it could have always been packaged with Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt with mm-hmm. the gun. Um yeah, that was my first first one, and and I've used played Nintendo ever since. So I I know I was very very little, but I cannot remember the year. I don't I don't know the exact year either. The first Nintendo console I played on was a Super NES, and mm-hmm. um, it was at my neighbor's house. Only when my friend was visiting her grandmother, we would go and play. And then other than that. I, I come from a mostly a PC gaming family, <laughs> so that's mostly where all the games happen. But and then my brother got a Nintendo 64 and I was never allowed to play it. So uh, <laughs> a little bit of a, a bitter history with Nintendo and their consoles. But uh, I so I guess I've really been into Nintendo ever since I started doing the podcast and I got a switch. So uh, about a, a year now. So what are some of your favorite Nintendo games or series? And why? Okay, well, I'll start with that one. So I I put a list of games together. My games would be 
GoldenEye 007, Perfect Dark, Rush 2049, but mostly the stunt mode, and Super Smash Bros. Melee. My favorite series for Nintendo is Metroid Prime, and I would say Zelda. So Rush 2049 was a weird sort of racing game that I don't think I ever played the game, but my buddy Mike and I, most of these were Mike, GoldenEye was with Mike, Rush was with Mike. Um, We would go over his house after school, and it would be a couple of us. We'd get pizza, play games pretty much the rest of the day. And stunt mode, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard playing a game than I did playing Rush 2049 in stun mode. Because what stun mode was basically is you had your car and everything and there was this sort of weird track and you would you would drive your car and try to hit things in such a way that you were doing flips and going all crazy. And if you landed it, you got points. And what we would do is do like time trials, see who could get the most points. And it was a blast. We had names for everything going off of this trick and doing that. And we named it all. And it was it was such a blast. I don't think there's very many times between that and GoldenEye that I can think back and say, wow, that was a there was a better gaming experience. So for me, that game is very high up there, not because of the game itself, but because of the experience around it. So in Metroid Prime, when I turned Metroid Prime on for the first time, I had played the Metroid games. They were fantastic. But mm. Prime, to me, felt like a totally different special experience within the first five minutes. I was absolutely hooked, and I knew it was going to be one of my favorites of all time. I love games like that still to this day where you're sort of scared scanning the environment and you're doing stuff and it has exploration and not only that but it was tied in with metroid which i always liked anyway so just an amazing series and i'm excited for a new one when that finally does come out but yeah those are my games and series nice i said uh wow what a question <laughs> that's what i, I mean because i wrote this <laughs> um it says i said every mario game ever made basically but i i said that um you know i think it's it's a tricky one because there are a lot of great series. I'd say Super Mario World for the SNES is my favorite game from Nintendo that I've ever played behind the original Pokemon Blue and Red games. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like this may this game made just a huge jump over anything that I saw and in, in, in could imagine on from the NES. Right. It was just such this huge leap that it was the first game that I got with my SNES. My SNES came with. Um, the Super Mario um, bundle that had uh, Super Mario World and all the old uh, uh, Mario games on it. So to me, it kind of opened up my mind and, and to the what games could be uh, mm-hmm. in general. And then I, you know, I said I continue to to enjoy other ongoing series like Smash Brothers and Animal Crossing and, and things like that. But yeah. nice, yeah, Super Mario World I, for me is just what a game, what a game. It's funny, I actually played that one. <laughs> Oh, it's Usually a great game. you guys say games and I never played them, but that one I was able to play. I was bad at it, but I played it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't really have any series really because I haven't really been playing Nintendo games consistently long enough or anything like that. Uh, so for games, I say there's two that kind of hold a special place in my heart. Well, mm, three. There's Mario Kart 64. Then there's James Bond. The world is not enough for Nintendo 64. I played that game so much, Um, especially with me and my sister, like shooting each other. That was fun. Uh, And then the the newest edition, I guess, is um, Zelda Breath of the Wild. Mm. Blew my mind. Yeah. Of what Nintendo could do. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
So uh, what's your what's your favorite Nintendo console and why? I got to do this one, right? Here, here's here's the funny part. So, OK, so here it is. I said, I think I may have to say the Nintendo Wii. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we know I, said coming. <laughs> I said, this is legit. I, said, I did not make that. I'm not, I didn't make it out just because Michael hates it. But I said, well, I loved <laughs> all the Nintendo N- Nintendo consoles that I've ever owned. I really feel like the Wii was something never done before and ushered in a whole new generation of gamers, including my family and, and a lot of my friends for the very first time. It was a very inviting system that everyone wanted to play. And that's, to me, something that I can't say about very many video game consoles that Mm -hmm. have ever come out. And it makes sense for Nintendo. That's sort Mm -hmm. of their thing, you know, family and getting everybody together for it. And I think that's even how they even I think the original marketing for that was really muddy. But I do think that that's ultimately where they settled on it, you know, because Mm -hmm. they had families around the TV all doing it and. So it makes sense. That's it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, uh, based on the games, the selection of games that are my favorite, I think it's pretty obvious. But I went with the Nintendo 64 as my mm. favorite Nintendo console, followed oh. very closely by Switch. Uh, Switch is different in that I, like you, think it is doing something that consoles haven't done. You know, Game Boy was around, but this I like the idea of having it on my TV having it on the go, having the exact same experience, the exact same game, that to me is extremely important. It's something I've dreamed about since I was little, having something where I could put it on a TV, play my game, and then when mom yelled at me, I could just pick it up and go somewhere (laughs) else and still keep playing. Nintendo 64 was important because majority of the games that had the most impact on me growing up are on that console. So that's why I had to pick the two. I couldn't decide on just one. They're both Mm. extremely special. And for for me, it's the same as Michael, but switched. Huh, that's punny. Uh, so the Switch is is my first, my top favorite, and then Nintendo sixty four followed, you know, second, just because of my like nostalgic connection to it. That's it. Yeah. Nice. So uh, I don't have any interesting facts about Nintendo, but do you guys have some interesting facts about Nintendo? I have some. Uh, so I I did have to do I. This was fun because I got to deep dive into some Nintendo history a little bit and came up with a few that I thought were fascinating, actually. So the first one, yeah. So the first one I'm going to come up with is that Gunpei Yokoi, who was the Game Boy creator, actually started as a janitor in Nintendo. Uh, Over the 20 years that he was there, he slowly ascended through the ranks and eventually came out with a Game Boy, among a ton of other things. And eventually served as Nintendo's general manager. So I thought that was really cool. The second one that I thought was pretty fascinating was due to the limited game memory that was on the initial Super Mario Brothers, the cloud artwork and the bushes are exactly the same artwork, just different Mm -hmm. colors, which I think is cool and not something I ever actually noticed. And then when I went back and looked, I'm like, oh, yeah, makes total sense. Huh, yeah. The game Twister which we all know and love, you know, that mat with the different colors on the ground, you spin a dial, blah, blah, blah. That mm-hmm. actually was released by Nintendo in Japan in 1966. Hmm. Fun fact. Interesting. Yeah. And speaking of that, Nintendo was <laughs> much less family focused than we all know it to be today. We all know, well, not all, but a lot of us know that Nintendo started off by making playing cards, 
but they had a line of adult only pinup cards that they would sell to us soldiers, which had nude women on them. And they also had in their earlier years, a whole series of weird sexual things that they were putting out there. One of which, and this kind of ties in with twister because it was more marketed towards adults in the sixties. Um, one of which was love hotels that they owned mm. at one point. Yeah. I heard and that, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of weird things Nintendo messed around with early on. And I have a few more later on that I'll talk about that old Gumpy created for Nintendo, Nintendo nice. and uh, pretty interesting stuff. But yeah, I thought those were some fun facts. Yeah. Well, I, then I would it, say that they were definitely still family focused, just in the family. Yeah, just making. a different aspect of <laughs> different yeah, aspect family. Of the family. family. <laughs> they were yeah. creating the fan base that was going to later happen in the eighties. <laughs> it was very smart in Nintendo to do that. Yeah, very strategic. <laughs> very forward thinking. Uh, I put uh, I, I did put something very similar. You know, I always like to put the fact that I would say that a vast majority of people don't know that Nintendo's been around for one hundred and thirty years. Mm-hmm. I, I think that very little people know that they started with playing cards, like you said. And it took them a long time through many evolutions to get to, to video games. And there's you know great books out there and evolution of how Nintendo got there. The one thing that I put on on my list is that many people in the West don't know that Nintendo has tried tons of crazy innovation things that never came uh, outside of Japan, such as reloadable game carts for the NES expansion system. And they even had an online system in the 19 or the 1990s uh, for 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 their their consoles. So like they had a lot of these crazy things like they you know have a kiosk where you'd go bring a game cartridge and put it in and, and then it would reload it with a new game and things like that. so they tried all these crazy really innovative things that just never either stuck or came outside of japan that, that we never got so yeah um, those are some fun ones that i put yeah very cool yeah. all right what was the first nintendo game you remember playing and what do you remember the most about it hmm that's a good question. I think that the very first game I ever played from uh, Nintendo was not not The Legend of Zelda, because like Michael said, Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt came bundled with my NES with a blaster. Hello. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that the very first game, that at least I remember playing, is Duck Hunt. I, I think I skipped over Mario and I said, I want to shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I, I booted up Duck Hunt. I, I played it for hours. I think what blew my mind about it is... I mean, as children, we had, uh, that interaction had never happened before in my entire life where you literally have this physical thing in your hand, this, this blaster zapper, and you're zapping the the ducks on the TV. And you're like, how? Mm-hmm. how? Like, you know, I'm like a six-year-old. Like, wow, how does this even happening? And it blew my mind. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> yeah it was pretty magical and it's crazy it's crazy how this works there's um you know there's a similar thing at disney world there's the toy story ride game blaster game there's also a buzz light so fun i've did that about a million Mm -hmm. times where you go through and you're in like the Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're a toy and the doors way up and all that yeah that's a Mm -hmm. great one same thing just you're interacting you you have a physical thing that's interacting with this virtual world right and i think it's mind-boggling cool Mm mm-hmm uh, mine was very, very similar. It was, I, I distinctly remember the day we got an NES at the house. It was me and my little brother, Danny, my brother, Ryan hadn't been born yet. And I do remember setting it up in mom and dad's bedroom on like basically the TV that comes with that NES uh, Lego set. It mm-hmm. pretty much looked exactly <laughs> like that. And I remember having 
my my brother Danny was very he was young. He was, so I had to be I don't know, five maybe when I was playing it. And he was laying on the bed next to me. He's four years younger than me. And I was playing Mario Brothers. And I think he kept trying to hit the controller or something. So I pushed him. And I remember him falling off the bed and getting yelled at for it because he was so little. (laughs) So that's my first Nintendo memory. Nice. Mm -hmm. Mine is on the Super snes me and melanie playing Mega Man, and then taking turns after each one of us would die and just being really angry because i was so bad at it <laughs> so you never like I, I like would rage kill myself so i didn't have to play <laughs> and then i would hand the controller to melanie and be like your turn beat this <laughs> level so we can move on please <laughs> oh boy <laughs> <laughs> all right what is your favorite and least favorite Nintendo character and why? Originally, this was two separate questions, but I combined them into one. Nice. Uh, is it my turn or yours, Mons? Uh, your turn. Your okay. Turn. So I would say my favorite, I was thinking about this for a little bit. I would say my favorite is probably Samus or Link mm-hmm. uh, characters in the game. And I'm going main. You know, I, there's a lot of characters out there that I'm just mm-hmm. like, like Wario. I, I'm not a Wario fan. I'm not a Waluigi fan. Like, I don't care about them. So, and again, I'm going controversial on this, but I think I have stated it before on the show. My least favorite Nintendo character is Mario. Oh. <laughs> I just don't find him very interesting. I think he's he is the Superman of the Nintendo world. He's just not that interesting to me. Oh my god. That sucks for you because he's like everywhere all the time. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I just I mean I I don't mind the games and stuff, but as far as like when there was that big battle about Sonic versus Mario, Mm. it was like there is no competition. Sonic is a way cooler character and it instantly got me onto Genesis. Like Sonic was way better. Mario was a (laughs) dork. That's his shtick, right? I mean it's literally he's a plumber with his brother. Just got tossed in there. And I would say I even like Luigi more than Mario. Oh, my God. Luigi was way better, except in two, because his jumping was so janky, but way better. (laughs) Okay. Uh, One, Mario is awesome, but you're wrong. But anyway, I said um, I said I went back and forth uh, on this over and over. I think Samus from Metroid is my favorite character. I think her reveal at the end of Metroid is legendary, and she continues Mm -hmm. to evolve and be an amazing bounty hunter. I think all of her games are fantastic. Like she's such a cool character and that we still don't know as much as we should yet. You know what I mean? It's just still an unveiling some like layers, like an onion. Um, but I said my, my least favorite Nintendo character, come on, Waluigi's the worst. We all know this. Wait, no. Yeah, but then terrible. I said, or, or is he amazing? Who knows? Yeah. That's what I put. I've, I said, no, Waluigi, I think, is <laughs> the worst. Yeah. I mean, Waluigi is like an accident. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Big push for him. Everybody loves him. They want him in Smash in the worst way, but no, never, <laughs> never, no, <laughs> no. I feel like I really missed out with Metroid. I really wish I played it because typically from what I've heard about her, like I like that. Those are the types of characters I love. Strong female protagonists that just no nonsense characters like they'll just well, kill you. <laughs> you can play the first and second. They're yeah. on Switch. They're on the. Uh, uh, is it well? It will hold up though. Like, do you think I would be really? I would enjoy playing it now. I I think it is a. It is just like many of the retro side scrolling sixteen bit games that are out there now that keep coming mm-hmm. out. It's very much that. So 
I mean, if those games can come out and be successful because they're mimicking Metroid, why wouldn't you like Metroid? It's not going to be Metroid Prime, but it's going to be Metroid and it's going to be a good introduction because when when not if, but when the the trilogy comes out on the switch, (laughs) you will appreciate those games even more by having played the first and second, I think, because I do think those right. the, the the side scrolling games are good. They're challenging. They're going to be very hard. But why not, you know, see where it came from? Because Prime, it, it was amazing. The leaps and bounds Prime had uh, compared to Metroid, mm-hmm. just the originals. It's 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 like going from GTA, those original top down GTA games to, yeah. you know, GTA three. It was just like, what? How is this even? The same game. This is amazing to me. Yeah. That's what Prime was to Metroid. Yeah, pretty well, much. it's funny because I the first GTA I played was GTA three and then I played uh, GTA five. So well, even yeah. that to me was like insane. So I can imagine. Yeah. 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 No, I think you would like so, it. I think you would dig it. And and when people say Metroidvanias, at least you would say, oh, I, I can see why what they mean by that now. Mm hmm. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on that then and. And, and play those um, I mean, you have but, and, and you have online you might as well they're free yeah um so maybe my favorite characters will change i have two yoshi number one like mm-hmm. mario kart 64 always played as yoshi because he was the coolest nintendo character of that like bunch and then toad was like a second place for it but yoshi's number one and then and then my second favorite is link yeah Nice. Yeah. Especially after Breath of the Wild, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I did. Pl- I did try playing Ocarina of Time and it was just the graphics were not like I just wasn't in that place. I couldn't get into it, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to give it another chance, but I don't have my GameCube anymore. So, you know, I got a question for both of you, though, because Link is on both hmm. your list. But which Link is your favorite Link? Because as we all know, every Link is a different Link yeah. in every single Zelda game. We know this, right? This is yeah. common knowledge. I, I would say for me, it's if I had to choose a one, it would be Breath of the Wild. I prefer older Link mm. to young Link. I'm mm. not a big young Link fan, but I do like older Link. But I will. Uh, Ocarina of Time is a close second for me for Zelda's compared to um, Breath of the Wild. But I, I would say Breath of the Wild Link, that age, that design is my favorite. I always understood link as just overall in general the silent hero who's just trying to do the best thing and save the princess or to help her or you know help save the world essentially so that that embodiment of the character is what is my favorite i don't know if i have a specific link i like i just like Mm -hmm. the overall concept of link i guess Mm. and plus i haven't played i haven't played enough of the games to have a favorite so i guess breath of the wild be my favorite version but just the overall concept of link is my favorite yeah Mm. All right. Okay. So what what is your opinion on the Nintendo Switch? Love it. Yeah, love it. I wrote literally love it, period. <laughs> love it. Next yeah, question. I don't know if there's much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you know? And I love it, too. Do you know anything about the toys Nintendo made before they started making video games and consoles? What can you tell me about them? Mm. You want uh, the first months? I wonder if we have the same thing. Because I have a Gunpei Yo- Yokoi thing in here. Okay, yeah. Uh, I have I have some of his toys that he made. There there was okay. others, but I focused on him just because I mentioned yep. him earlier on. Yeah. I, I think that so the one I put, I wonder if it's yours. I mean, obviously so Gunpei like did 
he created the d-pad and the game boy as we know and the virtual boy um, um unfortunately uh mm-hmm. and uh, it's very unfortunate because he he died in a in a car crash way too young very sad um the ultra hand is what i put down mm-hmm. is probably one of my favorite uh is probably one of my favorite that one too yeah so it's it's like a um it's a ultra hand is is a accordion style grab thing and you would grab these these little characters or whatever and i remember as a child growing up seeing very similar things in the store and i didn't really i never knew the history of it so that's what i put down was the ultra hand and there was i think nintendo did a an ultra hand game like on the wii or something as like a the exclusive download or something at one point i remember but uh yeah that's that's what i put i thought that was pretty nice. pretty neato I can see arms being like an extension of Ultra Hand in the digital mm. game sense, right? Because mm-hmm. it's the same idea. It's like, whoa, mm-hmm. it goes stretching out. I also, when I was researching this question, I it's funny that um, Gumpy was recognized in, I think, whatever, not maybe as a gender, but on sort of like the assembly room floor, whatever he had moved up to. He was playing with this design that he created, which later became the Ultra Hand. And that's what got him noticed and moved up again because they saw him playing with this creation. They had no idea what it was. And they said, well, we can make that a toy. We can sell that. And you're right. It came with this weird little look like an accordion thing that stretched out and you could grab some plastic things with it. And that was the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing. Uh, so then after that, after that hit, he came out with a bunch of uh, other things. He came out with the love tester in 1969, mm-hmm. which measured how much a couple loved each other. The idea was that two people would hold hands and with their other hand, they would hold on to either end of this cable. And that was the tester part. And depending on how much they loved each other, the meter would go up. In reality, the meter actually went up based on their temperature. So the more, the hotter they were, the more in love they were. And that was the device. And it was this weird little thing that he's, he created all kinds of stuff. I just had to grab some of the ones that I thought were the strangest. In 71, he got inspiration from the World War II periscopes that soldiers were using to look over like the trenches to see what was happening in the battlefield. So Nintendo came out with their very own periscope that they sold people. And it kind of had the coloration of a Game Boy, had red and gray and stuff like that. But essentially, it was just a periscope. And a lot of these, the the running theme with many of what Nintendo put out was kind of like these weird devices that you would play with probably for 20 minutes and then be like, okay, well, that was cool, but uh, I don't know what else I'm supposed <laughs> to do with this, you know, because it was one of the things I didn't write it down, but it does stand out in my mind as being fascinating. Uh, Yokoi also created these cameras and the camera, it was it came as a set and it was like an old school uh, Super 8 video camera. And what you would do is you would you would stand across from somebody and I, and I don't even know how this worked, but essentially it had a had a microphone in it and you would speak and the camera would project a light and the other person had one and that would pick up the light and tell you what they were saying from mm. a distance. Fascinating to me. Fascinating. Uh, it, again, it was like, once the novelty of it ran off, what do you do with that? But mm-hmm. to me, the, the science of that is so interesting that it would somehow convert your speech into a light. And then that light was being picked up and then telling you what that person said. I can only imagine what it sounded like. I want to hear it because it was probably so terrible, but uh, fascinating. 
Uh, and then I would want to play with that now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's really cool. Just and then this was this it. one stood out to me as well. In '79, they released the Chiratori, which again he created, and it's a small remote-controlled vacuum for kids. And it was basically just a little sort of disc pod thing, and you had a remote mm. which looked like just a button. I don't know what it was controlling, but you just basically push the remote, and it kind of spun around doing vacuuming stuff, real, real functioning vacuum, but so tiny, you, you obviously wouldn't use it, but it was really cool to me because that predates the Roomba and other robo vacuums by over 20 years. So this was the first one and Nintendo put that out and, uh, you know, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that's cool. I had no idea that even made toys. So this is all super mm-hmm. fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> the, the line, I mean, when I was going through some of the research, it was like, they like, Mats had mentioned the game cards and that was very heavily tied into the, like the Yakuza and gambling and, and uh, mobsters and gangsters and stuff like that. And that kind of went from there. Then they even broke down the name of Nintendo because nobody's exactly sure where that name came from. And some people said, hmm. you know, one definition of it was, you know, let the heavens decide your, 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 uh, how did it? So I'm paraphrasing, but it was like something like let the heavens decide your luck or something like that. And then other people said that it was basically saying we create gambling cards based on whatever <laughs> definition or translation you want to follow. And it was really, really interesting how that was sort of Nintendo looked at what was going on around them, created something that needed to be created and allowed them to keep growing and growing and growing. Really fascinating history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I am surprised just even based on like the little bit of research we've done so far it just makes Nintendo so much more interesting and I'm surprised that there isn't already a Netflix documentary about the early mm. days of Nintendo that would, that would be, be so idea. cool to watch yeah yeah that so would anybody be a listening good idea. <laughs> yeah make that I know happen. there's a couple really interesting books written around it but yeah a documentary mm-hmm. would be fascinating maybe, maybe there's yeah. something but how it's a documentary. How do you, no, documentary? How do you say it, Michael? I say documentary. Wrong. Okay, Christina. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm probably not going to say it the way I normally oh. say it. Document documentary. Doc. I don't know. Okay. Well, listen back, listeners. How do you say <laughs> yeah, documentary? <listen> <laughs> Maybe it's a regional thing. Yeah, could be. It could be. I well, say saying, things weird. Just anyway. It's, it's like York saying thing. caramel and. Caramel. caramel versus caramel or yeah. who are you people tomato. what is going or on or caribbean and caribbean 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 you say pirates of the caribbean yeah it's the pirates of the wait caribbean exactly oh yeah but it's, it's a context <laughs> but that's Based what i'm saying the maybe there's just all of it could be that way maybe yeah. i do say care car- car- oh interesting i'm gonna ask <laughs> I, think, I think i say documentary like element, well, I say elementary, not elementary. I don't know. Anyway, we're we're move, we're way off topic now. But <laughs> so that does it for our, our our third grade interview questions. And I wanted to put it out there that if any listeners have any questions for us that they would like us to answer at a later date, we can compile them and do another episode like this in the future. We would love that. So just send them our yeah, way to fun. Discord or whatever at the end. Yeah, this is a lot of fun and kind of a nice way to mix things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that moves us to the bestsellers of the week. So in first place. Finally, off of number first place, off of first place, which was Animal Crossing's New Horizons, is now Paper Mario: The Origami King came out last week. Seems to be doing very well. 
Second place, Animal Crossing. Third, Minecraft. Fourth, Story of Seasons, Friends of Mineral Town, which also just came out this last week. Fifth is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Sixth, Minecraft Dungeons. Seventh, Thief Simulator, still hanging out in the top ten. Eighth, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Ninth, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. That is also not going away. (laughs) And then 10th, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. And then for games in the top 30 that are new, uh, it looks like Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2, and Superliminal are still hanging out from being, you know, labeled as new last week. Um, And for a new, new game that just came out last week was CrossCode, and that's 19th place. Very, very nice. Here's the games we're into for this week, and Christina is kicking it off. Yeah, there was only one game I was really... There were a couple that I thought were interesting, but one that really stood out to me and that I felt the most drawn to is called Creeks. Uh, For $20, this is coming out on July 22nd. It is an adventure puzzle platformer, which all the games I like seem to be. It's by Emanita Design, who also created Mechanarium. And the the visuals for Creeks are all hand-painted, which is similar to Mechanarium, but I would say Creeks, it's pushed even further. It's it's really cool looking. Uh, So the game starts out, the ground starts shaking, light bulbs are breaking, and there's something weird and unusual happening behind the walls of your bedroom. Equipped with nothing but wit and courage, you slowly descend into a world inhabited by avian folk and seemingly deadly furniture monsters. I got a real Coraline sort of story vibe. Like there's this whole uncharted world or a whole other different universe behind the wall that you're used to being by every day. And it just, it looks really eerie. And I, I thought this looked really cool. The next one I checked same day, July 22nd is Aircraft Evolution for $8. This is just an action game where you have to destroy an enemy base with your airplane, dropping bombs, missiles, all that kind of stuff. You play through four different time periods, so you get different types of planes, and you can level up and evolve your aircraft from a sort of an old school wooden plane to a futuristic fighter. And while you do that, you can also refine it by increasing the armor and fuel and speed and firepower and all those kind of little management things that I tend to like in games. There's 40 different levels and you get different objectives as you go. So you maybe this level, you have to destroy the enemy base. That one, you have to deal with a bunch of attacking fighters, all that kind of stuff. Looked fun. This would be a good pick up and play. It's $8 right now. That could even go down further. Who knows? It is currently on sale from 10, but I gave it a check because if this goes around the $5 range, I'd probably definitely pick it up. It just seems something fun entertaining for just a little bit it's published and developed by sometimes you and even though i've never played any games developed by them we have discussed some of the games they've published uh planet rix 13 or rix 13 mm. awesome mm-hmm. p i know i played that demo and that was a fun little side platformer or side uh side, uh, side scroller yeah side <laughs> scroller thank you niflheim <laughs> I played that was a cool one and then the most oh actually Mots you talked about BDSM Big Drunk Satanic Massacre was another one they published and Seventh Sector so they're familiar with creating some games for Switch I just never played any that they've developed so hopefully it's interesting but I thought for eight bucks it's worth a check yeah they do a lot of a lot of porting so yeah um, it's pretty cool um I almost checked the next one uh, because it was from what, last week's Devolver Digital event. Uh, mm-hmm. It was very close, but uh, the car- car- how do you say it? Carrion? Carrion? I'm saying Carrion. Ca- carry- carry on? Car- oh, like, sure. a, like you're carrying on luggage. 
Well, because of the concept of it, it's like you're carrying all these different people and pulling them into and carrying on mm. their experience, right? Yeah. So this one's July 23rd for $20. And like you said, Devolver Digital did mention it in their recent uh, direct, I guess, that they put out. They are published in the <laughs> developers Phobia Game Studio. And it's basically a reverse horror game, meaning you play as the monster as opposed to the humans trying to get rid of the monster. You are going to stalk and consume those who imprisoned you. And watching the trailer, it seemed it's it seems pretty interesting. I kind of like it. It's again sort of that retro 16-ish bit style that we all know, the pixelated style. And I like the idea of coming out as the monster and trying to break out. And it reminded me a little bit of Ape Out mods that you played where you're kind of trying mm. to get away. And that's mm-hmm. kind of seems similar to this. So I like it. You you're gonna as you from what it seems as you would consume people, you grow and evolve and you get more attacks that you can use on, on the enemy. And uh, yeah, it looked interesting. 20 bucks. Yeah. This one was very close to being on my list. That's for sure. So same. Yeah. The other one that we both had checked to meet you, uh, me and Michael was crisis remastered. Like you, uh, I never played it. Uh, however, I've heard amazing things. It's usually like a benchmark with like far cry, like how good does your computer play crisis? You know, uh, I do have, I just rebuilt up my buddy's machine. He gave me his old computer, which was very nice of him like a few years ago. And I just sort of neglected it and didn't really use it as a machine, but it's way more powerful than my other computer. So I just updated it with the, and put in the GTX 980 and the of 64 gigs of RAM. So I probably could just play crisis and it probably looked better than on the switch, <laughs> but then it wouldn't be on my switch. So, uh, but crisis, yeah, you, you, um, Let's see. What did you write here? It says it begins your uh, simple uh, rescue mission, a mission that becomes a battleground for a new war as alien invaders swarm over North Korea, uh, Korean island uh, chains. And then you have this nano suit on. That's what I remember is like in the, mm-hmm. you know, you have this big blast. You're in this nano suit. Um, yeah. And you can become invisible and you can stalk enemy patrols and you can boost your strength and you can you ride around vehicles and whatnot. I, I remember this. I mean, I remember crisis and, um, when it came out, I always wanted to play it, but I never had a computer that could play it. Uh, and it, from the screenshots, it looks pretty solid. Yeah, it does look very good. I thought the same thing. And I never I never played it either. I, I remember people talking about it, and maybe it was I didn't have a PC that was... Cape, or maybe I didn't even have a PC, but I don't think I had one that was capable of playing this. And I got very much Halo vibes from it, something similar where you go to a planet, you realize, oh, this isn't what... I was expecting it to be. And then it kind of goes from there. And it looks it looked really good from what I saw uh, from the trailer. It looks fantastic on the Switch, actually. Yeah. I want to know who... Maybe they just did it themselves. Yeah, I think it's both by the same... Uh, I think it's published and, de- and developed by... What is it? Crytek. Crytek. Yeah, so I'm looking... Here. Actually, when you go to Crisis dot com c r y like crying s i s in fact what's crazy about it is, is the entire website is all about crisis remastered on the switch like there's tech features there's a whole video breakdown from them about it it says with its 2007 release crisis set the industry stranded for first person shooters with stunning visuals highly evolved gameplay and a normal sandbox world crisis remasters as new graphic features high quality textures and crisis cry engines native hardware and api agnostic ray tracing solution to update the game for a new generation of hardware well begins blah 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 all that stuff subscribe for more information and then below they have all of the everything on their website is from the nintendo switch nice 
which like all these videos, pretty impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Hmm. Oh, I had to buy it now. I mean, this website yeah. kind of <laughs> sold me on it. And look yeah, at it looks thing. fantastic. Wow. Anyways, that's the games. That gets us to what you're playing. And I'll, I'll kick it off because for me, I'm just finally getting back into Witcher 3 and mm. loving it as I always have been. Nice. I'll go uh, next really quick. I, did, I played uh, Animal Crossing. I had a KK concert last night. Super fun. I'm back on the turnip train, getting those turnips on. <laughs> and uh, then I, 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 there was a game a few, about a month ago that we talked about that I got a key for, Klaus. Um, this Klaus. is a, a Klaus or Claus. I'm going to say Klaus. Um, <laughs> and this game is a side. It's sort of like a, a slower super meat boy type of game. But you wake up and the only thing is that like the, the word Klaus or Claus is like tattooed on you basically or whatever. And that's it. And you're 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 it's just it's a side scroller platformer that you can die obviously on spikes and things like that. But you 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 it reloads immediately and you pick up and it saves your state in, of the world. So if you did stuff, but the cool thing is that you can sort of control platforms like you can move these platforms or tilt these platforms and there's puzzle aspects to it. The music is superb. Uh, I kind of was getting a little bored. I beat one third of the game last night. So it's about an hour and a half or so. As far as I understand, there's like three bosses. I beat the first boss, but there are these like hidden hidden missions like hidden bonus areas and those are really fun because it changes the gameplay a lot so like one is you can only move left you know you can't go backwards mm-hmm. and you have to figure out how to do that and other one is there's a mirror of you upside down and you're controlling you on the other one you know what i mean and that's cool and then there and when you do enough of those you unlock memory fragments of of past experiences and things like that which is kind of fascinating so i'll probably play through the rest of it uh it's well done i mean it loads pretty quick the music is spectacular like i just kind of was bopping to the music most of the time um which i enjoyed and uh yeah so it was pretty fun so far um yeah it has your normal super me boy-esque you know platforming run run and jump type of stuff Mm -hmm. so but yeah very cool cool yeah so I've been busy. <laughs> uh, so Bioshock Infinite Burial at Sea. I finished part one. It was great. Uh, the ending was very unexpected and very sudden. So I started part two. And at first it was really cool. And to not give too much away, but you play in the second one as the main female character in the series, whose name is Elizabeth. And she has this crazy power where she can just open dimensional portals. That. It's crazy. So at the beginning of part two, you actually start playing as her. You continue. It's a continuation from part one, but part two, you start as her. And I was so excited because I was like, awesome. I can open portals. This is going to be fantastic. I've been wanting to do this forever. And then you realize that something happened and now she's just a normal, regular person. So (laughs) I was like, well, I'm really not feeling this anymore. <laughs> and they're kind of like forcing you now to be like all stealthy when the entire series is you have these crazy powers where you can just like electrocute people and, and cause them to just combust out of the middle of nowhere and shooting guns and killing everything and taking down big daddies. And now you have to sneak around. Like, I mean, I get like the DLC is continuing the story, so you're learning more, but 
not really what I was looking forward to. (laughs) So I kind of took a little break from that and jumped back into Animal Crossing because I wanted to catch up on the bug, fish, and sea creature collecting. And I didn't know this. I thought I had a couple more fossils left, but apparently I only had one left. And the first day I jumped back into it, I had that fossil. So I completed my entire fossil collection in the museum. So I'm super excited about that. I love completing things. (laughs) And I'm still doing that, still trying to collect all the sea creatures. And besides that, I, I purchased a couple new games. So last week I meant to say that I got The Great Perhaps because that was on sale. And I think you got it too, Michael, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So we both have that. Don't know when I'll get to playing that because I have a bunch of games I need to play. And I also got Overcooked 2 because this morning I saw it was 40% off. And ever since I we talked about the Suns Out, Buns Out DLC, it caused me to realize that, oh, I didn't even know this game had DLC. It made me a lot more excited about the game. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to get it makes the game that much more valuable. So for 15 bucks, I got Overcooked 2. And I have a little family vacationing this week, so I'll probably play with my sister. Well, that, that's it. We did it. We made it through an amazingly what was going to be just a very short episode into an hour and 10 minutes into your mm-hmm. eardrums. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And thanks for heading over to NintendoDispatch.com. You can share this episode with your friends. In fact, I challenge you to share it with three friends. You know, you're sitting around. You're playing Smash Brothers, perhaps. You're playing Mario. Playing something else. You're, you're reminiscing on times of yore. In past, I don't know what your means, but I'm going to say it. And uh, maybe just share this podcast with a friend. They'd appreciate it. We'd appreciate it. And if you have some time, go ahead and uh, leave us a review. That'd be great, too. That's going to do it for this week's Nintendo Dispatch.